Welcome to the Breaking Wax Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Breaking Wax Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 3. Um, had a little bit of a hiatus there. Um, I had a major surgery, so I was out for about six weeks, seven weeks. Um, but I'm glad to be back. And our first guest returning is Cam, or better known as Gib or Gibbs Collects on Instagram. Is that right? Yep, yep. What's up, man? What's been going on? Not much. Just living the dream. Summer, fun times. Summer. So you're home from school then because you're in college, right? Yeah, I go to Providence College. I just finished my freshman year as an accountant major. Um, I had a blast there last year. It's a fun time, fun basketball school. It's been a blast so far. This is your freshman year? Yeah, I just finished. I'm going to be a sophomore this, this upcoming year. Oh, good. Congrats. You made it to sophomore year. That's good. Most people don't, actually. Yeah. And so the grades were good? Yeah, it was. I mean, at first it was a little bit of a struggle getting kind of into the college groove, but, you know, I got the hang of it, kind of managed my time with cards in college and made it happen. So are you are you working or just going to school? Um, So I have a summer internship right now, so I'm doing a little uh, work at a firm a couple like 30 minutes away from my house. So that's just a summer thing. And then, you know, I go to school and I just do the cards while I'm there. I got you. What are you doing with the cards exactly? What's what's the Gibbs brand? Please explain. Um, well, a lot a lot of what I do is a lot of a lot of raffling, a lot of that kind of stuff. But I, I like to have my own collection on the side. Um, not right now. I don't really have anything because I've kind of been liquidating a lot of what I buy. So I went to the show, uh, Plainville, Connecticut show, I think last week, and ended up buying a bunch of stuff, and mostly just sold it on that day I bought it. Just because I, you know, some cards right now are kind of risky to have, and some of the cards I bought just didn't really appeal to me. But I knew I could flip them for a little bit. What? So what cards are risky when you say that? Um, personally, I think a lot. Now during COVID, a lot of people were buying the Prism Base and the all the rookie cards of the like, you know, the flagship and all that stuff. And I think that's the most risky card you could probably have in a collection, especially if you're specifically like sticking kind of towards the you know prism especially with the print this year prism retail football a lot a lot of uh just a lot of it seems a lot of packs are on the market compared to previous years and you're ending up with all these you know different variations the orange lasers the orange speckle all this stuff and so i kind of watched when i bought it I kind of watched the price go down after i sold it and i'm kind of i'm kind of glad i sold it right when i had the right when I had them retail prism you're talking about. Yeah. So a lot of like the orange lasers and like the red crystal, red ice, all the, all the retail stuff you can get. Red ice usually does. I think the best out of the retail uh, parallels or variations, I think. Out of the common ones. And then you have your, your green ice and your uh, blue, blue and reds, which are probably the best ones to have. if You're going to invest in retail. In my opinion, blue and red, yeah. And then um, started doing those checkerboards, but are those in only in certain packs, right? I think I had heard they were in mega boxes. I believe. Um, I think there's red ones. Yeah, and then the I think there's those, and then the white and black ones too. But those right. those probably hold a good value just because they're kind of short print. Right. I think they're in the retail packs, like the gravity feeds. I think. I mean that's the only place I I got that Jalen Waddle 
and it was out of a gravity feedback. Yeah, I'd, I'd assume it's from there. I mean, it's probably a hard, hard car to hit, especially with all the rookies. You probably won't get a name you want, but you still get the white, white and black one. Yeah, it's been. Um, <clears throat> I don't go looking for the cards anymore. I think when I do go to Target and Walmart, I see a ton of tops stuff, and then of course, like any non-licensed Panini stuff is usually still there, but. I haven't seen any prism at all at the stores. I had, uh, I think it was last week. I was, I was out and I just went into Walmart to look for something else, and I stumbled across like sixteen prism hangers and a bunch of blasters. So I just took them all. But it's, it's really different now because I went, I went to Target too, and all these Bowman Megas are just sitting there. And I get, I get the price has gone up since COVID happened just to kind of combat like all the guys who were going in and reflipping them all. But a lot of, you know, kind of two years ago, you, you go into the store, you weren't able to find anything. A lot of people, no. a lot of people were getting smart because, you know, they start buying top series one kind of the, the set with Bo Bichette and um, I forget who else is in that. Like Jordan Alvarez, that was, that was probably one of the best, best sets recently retail wise. But then you, you have all these guys going in and they're just buying all that stuff. Now you know Walmart's carrying. They have little prism, and they're mostly getting like Bowman, Bowman U, basketball, and football. Yep, I've like, seen that stuff too. All the like you know all the weird off-brand like college stuff that people people wouldn't really want, but kind of like someone who's not used to cards might actually buy. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen any series two yet in my area in Virginia. There's still a ton of series one. Um, and before, like you were saying, the Boba Shet year, I think it was um, series two that year is when Lou Bob was out. But like, yeah. I would I would buy all that retail stuff when I saw. It, but now I don't even look twice at it. That's that's what I did. A lot of a lot of like I, I remember specifically one time I went and you know I was big on the hangers at Walmart. They were like ten bucks. So you go and pick them up. I hit a bow out of seventy six, I think, and that was kind right. of. I was kind of like my main start. Like I'm going to keep buying all this stuff and I'd buy any series I'd see. I'd see like 20, 2019 series one. I'd buy that all this stuff. And I'm just kind of getting all this stuff in. And I built, I think I built two, two, two count boxes full of like Lux and Jordan and Bo and all that stuff. And then I was, you know, back, back then I was really kind of late on grading stuff. And that's kind of, that's kind of honestly, you know, I lost a lot there because if I had graded a ton of the stuff I had, I probably would have had a solid collection by now. So are you grading stuff now or are you just flipping stuff? Um, mostly I'm flipping stuff. I'm kind of I'm kind of building up some money and then I'm going to start buying some stuff again. But, you know, back two, two, three years ago, I had, you know, I was saving a lot of money and I, you know, I joined breaks and I I break a case of like soccer and I was, you know, I was on the soccer stuff before anyone else hopped on it. And I broke, you know, probably a case or two of Chronicle Soccer with the bullpen. And I got all these, you know, all these cars that really should have gotten graded. But I kind of held off. And, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, the Holland kind of Topps Chrome. I had probably five of those. I never graded them. I don't, in my eyes, I only really graded the stuff, like, the baseball stuff. So I graded, you know, my bow, Independence Day. Right. Graded my Torkelson autos, and it was like, you know, I was kind of just focusing on that stuff. And I, you know, I didn't really have a job back then, so there was no kind of steady income either. 
And you still don't, right? <laughs> I, I have a job. I told you I have that internship. It's paid. Is it a paid internship? Oh, that's good. So what do they got you doing? 17 an hour. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll be honest, I'm doing some interesting work. I'll, I'll be opening like envelopes and like, you know, making booklets, like I'm, I'm buying and stuff. But then other times I'm actually doing stuff that I can apply kind of later on in my life and kind of get right. myself ready. But I'm, so, I'm the youngest guy at the thing, so at the internship. So it's kind of, you know, to give well, more of the good. guys. Yeah. What, uh, what's the plan? Are you going to get your MBA at Providence too? Um, I'm not really sure as to that. I want to get my uh, bachelor's now, but probably uh, later on, maybe. I, I would say get it while you can, especially in business major. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like one of those things. Everyone has one. Um, when I, I so I did my bachelor's in organizational management, and then yeah. I didn't want to keep going down that path because then it starts getting into like leadership and stuff, which is fine for like what I do. But um, I just went ahead and got my MBA, so when I'm done with this, I can move on to something else, and I'm kind of checking multiple boxes, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's definitely a good idea. What, so I want to go back to what you were saying about the last show. You said you bought stuff at the show and then sold it and flipped it at the show. Well, so what I what I did was I bought. I had uh, you know I kind of came out in with the mindset Prism's hot right now. Buy the Prism that comes up to the table, walk out, sell it that day. So I, you know, I walked into the show. Um, you know, not really, didn't really have a plan. And then I, you know, I go to my favorite dealers who I like to buy from. And I just, you know, pick out a bunch of stuff and I go, you know, this could probably move. This would move. Buy all of it up and sell it off Instagram raffle next day. I got you. That's smart. And then what is there a margin you're looking for or just? So when I look, I usually, you know, I kind of the guys I make deals with, I'm not buying, you know, 100 percent of eBay, not even 90 percent, usually 80 or lower. And you got to buy enough to have, you know, a decent room to make money on it. So it's kind of, you know, you need to know where your pricing's at. But I've been doing it to the point where, you know, I'm kind of making money comfortably without, you know, risking of losing money on it. Right. Yeah, I, th I think it's, <clears throat> I say a lot of people in the hobby in your age range, like the early 20s, maybe late teens, they're all about making that margin but they don't want to give up on that margin when they're selling yeah. stuff. There's, you know, at some point when you, when you're selling stuff and you have a card that won't move, you can always go down on it. And, you know, it's not always bad to take a loss. I know a lot of people frown upon it, but sometimes, you know, taking a loss, it's just life, you know, players go down, you know, card, card value in general, all the, a lot of card value went down, you know, this year. So it's kind of just, you know, the way you got to take it, to be honest. I mean, right. And I was just talking in a group chat. I was just saying like the Bowman Chrome from last year, all those prices are way down. Right that's, now. that's what I had said uh, yesterday. I was talking to New England pieces and we're just talking about how, you know, I'm filled up PSA nine random like Carlos Colmenares atomic. And it's, you know, 140 bucks and, you know, probably, you know, six months, six months ago, it was probably, you know, triple that maybe even like quadruple it but the price from all those like you know lou rod and like christian hernandez yep. woman diaz all those prices just went down and it's like you see those prices go down but you know draft draft goes up from that year because you got that hot draft class 
Yeah, it's tough. I think I think right now a lot of it is like every single year, like the month before national prices come down. So I think it's like a combination of things too. But yeah, the Lou Rod thing, man, talk about take a bath. I, so I bought a PSA nine gold Lou Rod. I cracked it and said, you know what? I think it's worth a shot to just resend it in. Um, so I resent it. It's coming back in nine again. I'll have it uh, this week. But like that was a thirteen hundred dollar card as a nine before. Yeah. And then now I saw a ten sold for like eleven hundred bucks, which two months ago a ten sold for four grand. Like three of them did. So I'm just like, now what do I do? Do I just dump it and take a five hundred dollar loss? Yeah. I or mean- or just hold it and see if he plays well. You know. I think, you know, it kind of applies to this year's Bowman, too. I, I was talking to you about it earlier about Cabrera. I mean, you know, a lot of those guys, their prices are going down, and they're not really holding the value they were, you know, maybe a month ago, two months ago. And a lot of people have high expectations for what, what their card is worth. And, you know, you might not see a comp, but you can apply it to other comps that have sold, and you can kind of make the understanding. Like, you know, my biggest pet peeve is when people compare cards another player like that's that's a horrible comparison different it's not even the same thing yeah so you're comparing it and then you're giving me a price that i don't you know don't think is you know even correct and even you know with cabrera he's playing bad and it's kind of like you know do you really want to buy you know a cabrera blue even though there's none in the market for 900 bucks it's like not really no like i so that's what it's tough too because I hit a blue out of a break Cabrera, um, and I got offered six hundred bucks for it, and I was like, "No way!" And then now I'm like, "Damn, I should have took that six hundred bucks." But I do have a PSA ten gold coming back this week, and a a blue ten coming back this week. Which I don't know if I should hold. He's playing better. I checked. He's been playing better the last two weeks, three weeks. But yeah, he has not lived up to the expectations from last year at all in comparison, stat-wise anyways. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. I mean, you never know too. Like, I always um, make plays on guys that are not um, that don't get as much hobby love, I guess, or that everybody, like, I don't know how people all decide they're going to jump on certain prospects, but I I usually don't do that. I feel feel as if everyone has their different kind of like, you know, what they look for in a guy and know some people have like stat sheets and they do all the research, but it's kind of, you know, you look at it. I know some people like Cabrera. I've seen a lot of people have his card and it's kind of like, you know, do I like this guy? And I think everyone kind of differentiates themselves from each other. Right. Some people follow the name brand like Jordan Lawler. And I mean, you know, De La Cruz, some people kind of go for the oddball and a lot of people are starting to do that now because you know main main price players are going way up de la cruz prices are crazy yeah. i was looking the, i was looking this week thinking maybe i'd pick up some cheap stuff since other people's stuff is down and his stuff is not down sweeney prices are doing pretty good um which i have a, a psa 10 uh purple coming this week that i'll i'll probably just raffle with you yeah. honestly even though i like sweeney but no, I think Sweeney's good too. I I've seen a couple. I saw a gold. You know, gold went kind of cheap, kind of around six six fifty PSA nine gold. I think he's a solid player. I'm I'm a fan of him. Him and uh, Max Muncie on the A's. I'm pretty pretty fan. I think Muncie got called up yesterday. Yeah, I, I haven't looked recently. I've I've kind of been following. You know, I know you like Tovar. I'm kind of a Tovar guy too. 
plays right down the street in Hartford. So I'm, I've seen him a couple times. He's not bad. I was on Tovar, I think, before anybody else yeah. was. Um, I already sold all my Tovar except for like one Bowman uh, Inception card. It just, at the time, it was like, you know, I had the orange shimmer, which I traded for an Acuna uh, Bowman first auto, which I thought yeah. was good, which, and then I traded that to Brandon for the LeBron auto. Um, and then I think I sold the gold shimmer and a red Bowman best auto. Well, PSA tens, I think it was like 2,500 bucks or something, which I was like, I'm $250 in on both of these. I can yeah. care less. So no, I, I think he's got a little hype to be honest. Like I, I for see, sure. I see the tools he has, and he, you know he's he's kind of gone up, and that's kind of where the hype is because he's he's kind of skyrocketed so fast. But like, you know, I think the power is what is what made yeah. it happen for him because his, I think on MLB pipeline his power was like a forty or forty five, not high, like average for somebody his age. Yeah, and then he hit those three homers in that week, and it just went to the moon after that but yeah but like when you invest you know like you said for 250 bucks that's you know i'd do that any day but by right. now i would i would stay away from it oh yeah i wouldn't buy anything of his right now yeah. it's so high and that's what it sucks because the week before um he hit those three home runs i sold like 10 of his bowman first cards at a good price still but it was yeah. like blues atomics refractors i just sold them and dumped them and then the next week he hit those home runs, and I was like, "Fuck, man! I should have just sent all those in the game." But it was such a risk to grade it, even so. Yeah, I mean, with grading, you know, grading being so high, it's like, you know, do I? And you gotta wait too. That's that's the problem with grading. I just got uh recently. I think you know, last week I got an email from PSA that I have four four of my buddies' cards that are finally done grading. Took a look at the names. It's a Tyler Hero Prism base, Michael Porter Jr. Silver <laughs> base from that hero year, and a Kevin Porter Jr. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like, no way. And I tell I tell my buddy, I'm like, you still gotta pay me, dude, even if the cards aren't even worth that much. Right. It's like he's like, dude, how how did it take so long? I'm like, that's just the way PSA was. Yep, they're backlogged for so long, which is crazy because now. The $50 deal they had going, that those cards were coming back in three weeks. Um, I'd submitted some for the new value or the $30 deal a couple of weeks ago, and they're already in grading. And then uh, I just fired off a bunch of cards for the $18 because it was like, why not? Yeah. Um, it was a bunch of like risky football players, but whatever. Um, I just took a bath on five cards that came back from PSA. I got four nines and one ten, so whatever. Yeah. No, I mean – Definitely, you know, the waiting thing is a big thing. Like, I I wasn't really fond of waiting. I, you know, I'd send five day and I'd wait three weeks for my stuff to come back. It's kind of like the suspense is what really does it to you. Right. You're submitting high, high cards. Like, I remember I submitted a Holland Green BGS. I cracked it. So it was, it was a raw, but it was the Tops Chrome Holland Green. And, you know, I waited and I was like really hoping for a bump. Still got nine, but, you know. PSA nine is better than BGS nine. So yeah, for there. sure. Still made a decent amount. Yeah, it's just tough the last three years how everything's kind of changed so much. Even um, I didn't grade it all at first. I would just get cards raw, sell them. That's and then uh and then Brandon, he always comes up every episode, but then talking to Brandon, he was like, dude, you gotta grade. It's like a, a straight up multiplier. And then um, you know, it was so cheap to grade back then. I didn't even want to grade stuff for 35 bucks a card. Yeah. 
and that was the five day I think back then for BGS. Yeah, that, that was uh, I think BGS was thirty five, and then PSA was like forty five. Right. We ended up doing, and you know, back then the PSA 10 and the BGS 9.5 weren't that far off. Yeah. And I like BGS better personally. So we just started like firing off a ton of stuff to BGS like every week. I remember, yeah, I remember, uh, you know, back then when I was, you know, first starting out razzing and it was like, you know, I have you guys always sending me like random, like, you know, I think at one point Brandon sent me a bunch of like Mike Trout, like, I, I can't remember. I don't know if you know what the set was. It was like, yeah, it was a project, uh, yeah, the, project ninety or project he twenty. Like, twenty. He sent me like twenty of them. Yeah. Like get get cracking on them. I'm like, uh, how did these come back so quick, dude? These things got released like two weeks ago. Yep. Well, we we made a killing off all that stuff, dude. That was a that was a huge huge time. Yeah, that's a that's his play. You know what I mean? It's a it's an old adage like it takes money to make money, and uh, yeah. so he's always like, I think three days like the most he'll do for like grading. Everything else is like a two or express like one day. He doesn't like, but he's dealing with high end stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm like a, a lower end to mid. You know, and then if it's something for the PC or a guy I'd like to collect, like right now I'm collecting. Uh, Carreras, he's also a rookie prospect. Um, yeah, he's got similar build to Tovar. He actually has better um, skill ratings, but he's, he's younger. Uh, he's on the Rockies too, right? He is. Yeah. yeah. So his stuff, I don't mind waiting to get back. You know, because I'm going to hold it and see if he f- pops off like Tovar did as well. Yeah. So. No, I, I, you know, back back then with you know Bro Namath and grading on the BGS stuff, it was like he would he would pick certain cards like, and I, you know, I'd follow I'd follow what he did, so I'd like. He'd submit like I don't know if you remember, but Tops released those complete sets. Yep. And you get the variation Robert, and he graded the Robert, and we sold it for a ton of money. And then I would buy a bunch of those complete sets, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna make a ton of money," and I'd you know have them, and then they drop in price, and I'd be like, "Ah, these are two dollars now." And we sold them back in the day for one sixty as a BGS nine five. Yeah, it's uh it really it's all about who's first, you know. You gotta get the card, be the first one to grade it and put it on the market. Yeah, I mean look that's... at that, look at the Wander um series one, excuse me, rookie card. Would it sell for two grand as a PSA ten? I see guys selling them for like fifty bucks on Instagram now, which I at, which I'd like to get one at fifty bucks actually. At that point though, when you're buying I like I gotta say, like when you're buying two grand, like you have to be stupid to buy you know, wander like wander a two grand as a base card, because you you know if you're if you're a smart collector, which you know majority of the community is, you know that that wander is going to be worth you know probably a hundred bucks a week later as soon as the, right. the market gets flooded with them, and now they are like fifty bucks. I, I so that's normally like I like wander. I have some wander stuff, so like I would. Normally that'd be something I would get grade cheap and hold on to. But like there were so many of those rookie cards, I didn't grade any of them because I was oh. like, they're going to be fifty or sixty bucks, and if he gets hurt like he did, they're fifty bucks. So, well, that's that's the thing. Everyone everyone kind of took they looked at Acuna and Tatis and Vlad, and they were like, ah, let's all just grade all these base cards, and we'll flood the market. And now every time you go on a Facebook group, that's all they're doing is. You know, they're just selling stupid Soto flagship and Akuna flagship. 
and the group has to have a set price for that for that card. So when people line them, they're like, oh, you got to have it at this price, and it's all under a hundred bucks, so it's not really worth your time. Yeah, if I would say if you're gonna buy flagship rookies, paper rookies of any of those guys, even the Chrome, I would try to get BGS tens. That's what I've been doing. Like if I'm gonna buy one of the, like I have a Acuna and a Tatis BGS ten. I think those are okay because they're never going to be too low. I mean, and even those have dropped significantly, but at least it's not a $50 card. It's still like, I mean, if I'm, like if I'm being honest with that, like when you're buying flagship, I wouldn't even go for the base stuff. I'd, you know, I'd save up and, you know, buy the color right. you know, and have that, have that feeling like, Oh, my card is, you know, out of, you know, 76 or 50, like the mother's day and the father's day blue and pink. Or even the camo, those those used to be sick back in the yep. day. I mean, even the tw- the twenty twenty twos, you know how they do that every year, the gold number. Yeah, I, I I'm a fan of those personally, but I've seen you know you got a huge drop in those lately. It's kind of like it. I see it almost as if it's like a base card in a way, because they're just making it the print, and the print's going to go higher every year. Right. And right. you know I. I just sell for I, I like color. Like I think, you know, the the I don't know what the black is numbered out of, but those those were solid. Seventy five maybe. I yeah, and then you know, seventy six the independence day, those used to be sick, and then tops changed it to some stupid like little border start, start yeah, some border. I'm like, dude, like I don't I don't really want this. Yeah, even even that stuff is dropped. I mean it depends on the player, of course, yeah. but like uh like I was watching uh, Bruhan stuff for the Rays when it first dropped. I saw um, Independence Day was like I want to say two hundred bucks, or maybe even more. And then I bought one for like thirty dollars two weeks ago. I was like, well, I'm gonna grade this and just yeah. see. So, but no, I like you know Bru. I don't know how Bruhan's playing. I don't you know I'm a Red Sox fan, so I don't really watch the Rays. That Are much. you really? You're a Red Sox fan? Dude, I'm Patriots, Red Sox, oh Auburn. Oh my god. I'm I'm all around, but you're, I. So what? But how though? You're right there in Connecticut. Like most people are Yankees fans or Giants fans, aren't they? No. So my my grandpa, um, he he was a season ticket holder for the Patriots since I want to say the early '70s. Mm-hmm. So he's had the tickets, you know, for a long time, and so he, uh, you know, he still has them till today. So he he's a huge Patriots fan, huge Red Sox fan. All the all the Boston teams, and I'm my dad's an Auburn grad, so I'm an Auburn fan for that. How'd you? So is your dad from up north too? Are you like? Is your whole family from Connecticut? Then? No. So my my uh, my mom's side, they're all from Massachusetts, kind of the okay. Boston area. And then my dad, my dad's side, my grandma is from Georgia. She lives, uh, I want to say, thirty minutes outside of Atlanta. So I, you know, I went there this summer, early May. And I'm gonna go back there, I think, in two weeks to hang out but so she uh she's from georgia my dad his my grandpa um he lives in connecticut so they my grandma and grandpa met at high point and you know and they got married and had my dad and so he ended up uh they got divorced and so my dad went down to the south to live with my grandma and you know that's kind of where he got the whole um auburn thing he went to he went to norcross high school which is where um yep Alvin Kamara went to so I got you and then yeah. he went to Auburn because he was I got you that makes sense then yeah yeah 
but now everyone everyone lives up here. So, what are you gonna do? You gonna stay up in the Northeast, or are you gonna get the hell out of there? I, I don't know. I when I went to uh, I went to Atlanta, you know, May. I had a blast. I, I don't know if I posted on my Instagram story or not. I went to the Braves game. They played the Phillies. The, the Braves lost, but it was still a fun experience. And kind of all the you know all the stuff they got down there. A lot of uh, you know. I don't even know what they have. Uh, clothing, a lot of like clothing stores, kind of you know the shoe stores, all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I'm kind of into that stuff now too. So it's it's always fun to go down there. Yeah, I'm a um, I'm a down south guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I've lived in New York twice because of work, but uh, I don't know. Like, I love New York. I love New York City. Um, I would actually, I told my wife, like, I wouldn't mind having like a summer home, like in Brooklyn, yeah. like a one bedroom loft or something like that, you know, and yeah. just go back to Florida in the, in the wintertime, like old people do. But, uh, I don't know, man. I love the South. I, I like the heat. I like the humidity. It doesn't bother me at all. I, I fucking hate the, the gray black of the morning, the black at night in the Northeast, the snow, the, the rain, like when it's too cold, the freaking, it's yeah. not cold enough to snow, but it's still freaking raining all day. Like I, I can't stand it personally, but I mean, I see why people like living in the Northeast. It's just not for me permanently. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, uh, it's been hot lately this week, especially it's been upper nineties. So it's been tough, but I know, like, I know you were telling me you were down in uh, St. Simon for a little bit. That was, you know, my dad got married there. He got remarried there. That was, you know, I love that place. It's a, you know, beautiful Island. Um, you know, we, I've been, I want to say twice in the past four years, we stayed at the same, uh, same condo house or whatever it is. It was, you know, it's just a blast down there. So. Yeah. I was down there for work for like six months last year. Um, yeah. I lived right on the Island. Um, yeah. For six months. I enjoyed it too. Um, the Southern soul barbecue places. Yeah. Great. That's, they, uh, they catered my dad's, uh, rehearsal dinner. That was, uh, that was a fun time. Some good stuff. And then, uh, I can't remember the name of the the chicken spot the on the por- island. The porch. Yeah, the porch. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Place is good too. One of the guys brought the uh, the hottest flavor in, and was like, uh, "You think you can eat this?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll eat it." And I ate a whole tender, and oh my gosh, it ruined me. I couldn't even like. I was like in a food coma, like sweating. I couldn't think straight. Um, and there was like a huge incident going on at work. Like it was not. A, it wasn't a good look at all. It was like I was hurting. But uh, yeah, that place is really good too. Yeah, we enjoyed it. I had a good time down there. For, you know, it was six months, but like, you know, I'm from Jacksonville, which is only like an hour and a half south yeah, of there. Duval. That's right. So like, all my family was down there. Um, so it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad six month uh, work trip. So yeah, and uh, I we you know my dad got married there, so it was it was a really nice spot. He he didn't get married on the island, but you know everyone kind of hung out on the island the whole time. So it was definitely nice. And I mean, it's a different adjustment from up north because, you know, you got the temperature difference. You know, I left Providence. I think I want to say I left early in the morning that one, you know, to go to the wedding. And it's like, you know, 30 degrees out. You go down south, it's 70 or better. You know, I the whole different atmosphere in my mind. But I know, you know, a lot of a lot of collectors are from the south and they're coming up north for, you know, Atlantic City. And that's going to be a whole... Yeah, I wish I could go. I um my original plan was to go just the weekend because I gotta go to like training next week for work. Yeah. And uh 
but then all my boys are leaving to go to the city. So I was like, well, I'm not going to go to the show and hang out by myself. So there's always next year. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, no, I, I was hoping to go. And then, you know, I kind of found out about my plans. So I was like, all right, whatever. And, you know, it'd be really fun to meet some of the people from Instagram, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah. There's some characters out there. <laughs> oh, there, there's, there's more than characters, dude. I, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's weird to see people at shows um, that you interact with only on Instagram. You know, that, there's there's certain people that you know are going to be genuine or and are going to be cool um, when you meet them in real life, and then some people I'm just not sure. Well, that's that's the thing. I've so I've only really been to I want to say the local the local Plainville show one time when I was starting out card wise. I went I went down to White Plains with my dad. I drove my you know, I made my dad drive me to White Plains. And then last summer, kind of kind of to get a break from everyone, I went went down to the Hofstra show at, at the Hofstra basketball stadium. And when you, like, you know, I never, I never kind of branched out, like, show-wise. And, you know, I never went to any of the big ones. But when you're meeting, like, a lot of these people, like, you know, I kind of I already, already known some people. Like I had met Tom before. Tom had you know Brooklyn. Yep. He came to he came to a I want to say a Plainville show one time. So I, I already knew him. You know, and I met I met Lane one time from a Plainville show too. But you know, you go down to the big Hofstra show. A lot of people you've never met before, but you've talked to all the time on Instagram, and it's like, oh shit, dude. Like that's who you are. Like, how's it going? Yeah, Lane, Lane and Tom are both good people. Yeah, no, I'm I'm huge fans of them. I met uh, I want to say, you know, funny funny way I met Lane. I think um, we were kind of on, you know, Insta some Instagram live account, you know, where they're just doing razzes the whole time. And Lane posted a card, and the card show was the next morning. And Lane, I you know, show up to the show, and there's this guy with all this nice stuff, and I see one of the cards. I'm like, oh, you're Lane. He's like, yeah, who are you? I'm like, oh, shit, I'm Gib. And he's like, oh, shit, nice to meet you. So it's kind of, you know, it's interesting how that stuff always plays out. Yeah, Lane's really good dude, great person, and his collection is insane. Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a fan of his collection. He's got crazy stuff. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. And then, you know, he's doing his thing with Leighton. Um, I think he's probably doing a, a great job down there. I'm sure they like him. Um, yeah. I think he does all their. Um, I think they call them the Atlas. The they're like repacks they do at. Labor. Yeah, I, I think uh, I want to say when I went to the Hofstra show, he was talking about that. He was kind of looking to buy some stuff for that repack, and he was he was buying six stuff. But he bought. I think he bought a Vince Carter off me, gold Noir Auto, which was pretty sick. Should have kept that one to be honest. He, he buys insane stuff. Yeah. For, I mean, I think that's. I think he's like a, the, a manager and then his main thing is he's like the buyer for Leighton as far as that. Goes. Yeah. So, and that's what I think one show in Tampa he was buying and I was like, I, just tell me the final number. I don't care what the comps are, or what your price is. Just tell me the final number and I'm good with it. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't want to see what you're getting the stuff for. Just, just pay me and take everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems a, a lot of the Southern shows are insane. Like, I know you guys have the Tampa show. I don't know. I'm sure, you know, you, Brandon, go to that. Not sure who else is in the Tampa area. Um, In Tampa, so there's Friar Sports Cards. Oh, I, um, I, know, I know who that is. 
um fuddy you know uh rip rip i know caleb too rip and ship yep he's in tampa um brandon's cousin drew ojeda um so i don't know he just made a card account but uh his instagram his personal one's like chino dollar something but i've I've seen him around too yeah yeah he's a tampa dude um and then like you got like the 813 cards seth he's a tampa dude there's a lot of tampa dudes um I kept saying that Kong's cards was his Tampa dude, but he's a Miami guy. I think yeah, he's like he, originally a New York or Jersey, and then no, I think that's Miami. one. Of, I think that that's one of his pals or something. I know, I know he's Miami. Miami's got some interesting folk down there. If everyone, rem- if you remember, uh, from I think two years ago, maybe three years ago, some of the moments that went down. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know uh, you're talking about. Um, yeah. Then you got uh Pole King, so Shap, Ryan Shapiro, yeah. Shap, he runs that. He's a good dude, actually. He's he, uh, a Miami dude. He sold um, you know, uh, you know the boys at Daily, right? Mm-mm. Brandon Brandon's boy. Uh his name is Jonathan, I think. He uh cool the guy. Um uh, he sent me this morning, he sent me a picture, and I was like, you know, I opened it, pulled a LeBron gold shimmer out of Prism. I was like, no way, dude. Shit's out of ten. I was like, it was like, how the hell did you pull that one off? Oh, the new the prism? Yeah, he bought the box from Pole Kings. I was like, dude, that's sick. Those guys move a lot of stuff. I, I yeah. think the they're all everybody's on that. There's certain people that still only break on Instagram, but everyone's kind of moved to whatnot. Have you been on whatnot at all? No, so I like, you know, a lot of people talk about whatnot and like I'm not I don't really get what the hype is to it, to be honest. So the way I see it, right, um, and people can correct me if they're wrong, but like, so whatnot, you can sell stuff on there at a set price or you can sell stuff at an auction price. So like one night, uh, 101 was doing a Prism retail break and basically they had a deck of cards and you pick two numbers uh, and then out of those two numbers, they would randomly pick the cards and then those teams, two teams would be your teams for the break. But they would set it off at a auction, so it'd be a dollar, right? And then, so instead of being like twenty dollars a spot, it'd be whatever the auction ended at. So like those spots were selling for like forty dollars a piece, but people were bidding them up. So that's one way of doing it. And then I see people um, like KK um, Sports Cards does like they do slabs on there. Um, yeah, it kind of like to me it feeds into gambling. Um, because, or, you know, like, or people get addicted to the auctions almost like eBay, but it's like a 10 second thing. So the more you bid, the time kind of resets every time someone bids. But then the thing that's crazy is people are overbidding for slabs on there that are like a slab. That's like 50 bucks. People are overbidding like 75, 80 bucks for a 40 or $50 slab. I'd stay, I'd stay away from it, honestly. Um, I mean, I go in there every once in a while. Like if, uh, our, like Eric from Insta Trading Cards is, is a yeah. buddy, so I'll, I'll go in there when he does his thing because he's that dude's got a ton of stuff. So, yeah. um, but like you'd think theoretically, you would think like, well, I can get on there and get something for a deal. But in reality, it's not happening. No, it's like a. You might be too young for this, but there used to be those auction sites where. It would be like you can get a MacBook for fifty cents, right? But really, you're paying a certain amount of money for like these uh, the ability to bid on these items. Yeah, and, and then 
even though it was 50 cents, you could never win it because there'd be other people bidding on like, it nonstop, yeah. just I mean, up in the price. Yeah. Like eBay. Yeah. It's like, like eBay, but on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm OG. So like, you know, I don't really, I don't really buy into all the, uh, you know, all that bidding up auction, you know, random, random team stuff. Like, you know, shout out to my boy, Steve at one one I used to back, Back in my like you know 20, 2015 days or twenty sixteen days, whenever Steve started out, I was breaking with him. We're pulling you know Robert Kelly unparalleled autos and stuff like that. I'm not like you know if I'm joining a break, I'm not joining some you know I'm not doing the cards or the auction. I'm not I'm not looking to get outshilled by some some random keyboard guy who's sitting in his parents' basement trying to troll with everyone on the auction. But it's like. You know, if I'm looking for a break, I want something easy and I want something simple. You know, right. like maybe a personal, or you know, you know, maybe a, you know, a luft luft raz. I hate to say it because I'm, you know, like a a luft rival, but I, I'll join his stuff once in a while. You? Why are you a rival? I I don't know. We for some reason he just he likes to taunt me sometimes, and we just we feed. Oh really? Oh, I got you. See. So he... He razzes you a little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We're we're boys though. I, I like Loft. He pulled me a Torque with Sonato. I'm the only one who hit one from a Bowman draft. Is he is there more than one person at Luft? Because it's like Luft Brothers, isn't it? It's so it's it's him. His name his name is Peyton, but then he has a brother, right. Griffin, who does he does Funko Pops. Uh-huh. The brother like disappeared, so I don't think the brother does Funko Pops anymore. So really, the username is kind of misleading, but he's branded it so much to where it is Luff Brothers, right? So I mean, I don't know. Is he is he your age? I want to say he's like two years older than me, like mm. maybe three. I don't know. That dude's grind. That dude's he grinds it out. Like he does yeah. all those breaks. He ships the next day. It's crazy. Yeah, I I remember uh, a lot of it used to fill like really quickly. And I think kind of now with you know cards going down a little bit, some some people are kind of holding off on filling some of the stuff, but he gets it done. Like he's he's dedicated to what he does. I mean, he's a good that's a good person to follow work ethic wise. Oh, for sure. Like his worth ethic, and he puts in the time with his brand um, and his breaks. I mean, that's the thing is he's super consistent. So I think yeah, people people appreciate that, so they keep coming back to him. I mean, that's like. Um, with Eric from Insta Trading Cards, like I, I really like Eric. I think his stuff is always priced very well, so I just stick with him. Um, plus, I'm in his Tops Now group, which is good because he's a platinum member, so he gets to reserve yeah, all gets that Tops Now before everyone else does. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy how they do that because he so he'll get the email saying uh, <clears throat> tomorrow or today we're going to be releasing these Tops Now autos, and he can reserve as many as he wants except for the one-on-one so yeah i mean that's that's pretty sick that's probably you know good good person to know it's a it's crazy some of those guys they a lot of people that are in that group buy and then sell like pre-sell it on ebay you know I'm, yeah i'm just afraid to because like even like last year the wander call-up um it's like a wander call-up relic auto yeah it's been 13 months and they still haven't sent it out yet and some of those guys sold it for like double or triple what they paid for so it's like i don't know i don't even know what you do as a customer or as a seller in that but yeah yeah, it is i I just like it because i get access to like like i just got that bobby with the other day so it was like bobby was first hit 
Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I definitely want a blue of that, you know, team color match. I sent it to PSA right away. But uh, yeah. What? So what are your, I mean, you're younger, right? How old are you now? Uh, I turn 19 in two days. Oh, nice. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank does, you. does your family call you Gib too, or just the card community? No. So um, kind of my name Gib started out kind of as an Xbox thing. So a lot of my boys from home call me Gib and that kind of led kind of the sports and stuff like that so a lot of my coaches would call me gib and then you know gib collects got started and all the guys of the community know me as gib and so like a lot you know a lot of my friends know me as gib and my parents just call me cam so it's like i got you yeah what uh what do your parents think of the cards so my uh my dad's a big fan of it he uh you know i i tell him all the time about stuff i pick up and you know we've been to a couple shows together and stuff like that so he, you know, he's a big fan of it. He understands it. Um, he kind of follows along. Like he's in sports card nonsense on like Facebook and stuff like that. So he knows a little bit about that stuff. Um, but my mom kind of, she's kind of more of a pain about it. Cause she, she's always like, oh, you're, you know, I think last week I had a bunch of base cards I wanted to just throw away. So I put them in a trash bag and put them outside to get thrown away. And she was like, uh, why are you throwing all these away? I'm like, they, they're, you know, not really worth anything. And we don't have anywhere to put, donate them to. So she got all mad about that. And, you know, she's always mad, you know, I'm focusing all the, sometimes on cards. But she was, uh, she was more of a fan. I don't know if you knew I did this, but for a good, like, chunk of, like, this past year, I was doing autographs with, like, college players. Yep. So a lot of the NIL stuff. So she was more of a fan of that, and she kind of liked the connections I was forming from that. And, you know, I, I stopped doing it mostly because a lot of agencies are starting to take over college, so it's more of a pain to do it, but I still have connections to, like, till today. So so <clears throat> I'm surprised with the whole NIL stuff. Um, I have a, a family friend, uh, a, uh this couple I grew up with and their son, uh, he pitched at FSU last year and, uh, you know, and they were talking about maybe he was going to get drafted, maybe not. So then he was like, I'm just going to go to school and we'll see what happens. But like, I was like, so when do you guys hire an agent? You know? And they're like, Oh, he already has one. And I was like, they can have agents already. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, Holy cow, crazy. Um, but like the NIL thing. So were you just, how did that come about? You're just reaching out to different guys and saying, Hey, you want to sign stuff and we'll sell it. So I, I had looked a lot like, you know, last year, Auburn had Jabari Smith jr. And like all these guys on it. So I was, I was a big fan of Jabari Smith and I sadly never got in contact with them, but I was watching a lot of sec college basketball. So I'm watching, you know, I see, uh, you know, Jalen Williams, Arkansas, J.D. Note, Arkansas, all these guys, they're, you know, they're studs, and I really enjoy watching them play. And so I just hit them up, and I'm like, hey, you guys have any interest in signing stuff? We can work a deal out. So, you know, I kind of expanded, and I ended up going, you know, I got Arkansas, Creighton, Big East. A lot of the Big East guys, Creighton, my boy Arthur, um, hooked it up, you know, we – I met him the day before they played Providence. He signed a bunch of stuff for me, got me some tickets to the game. And it's the same same thing for all those big East teams. You know, they sign stuff for me and I'm getting free tickets. Um, you know, and 
I know a lot a lot of guys in the Atlanta area. So my boy uh, Davon plays for Georgia Tech basketball. He gets me, you know, got me tickets to the Georgia Tech basketball game. My boy uh, down at uh, Florida safety Kamar, uh, you know, got me a bunch of cleats and stuff. So we're we're constantly I'm constantly making deals and stuff with these guys now that I have these connections, and especially when you're in you know you're looking at it, you have these connections and you know. The guys who graduate, you can buy their gear off of them from, and people go crazy for the college-worn stuff. Yep. A lot of people like that stuff. So, you know, I buy that stuff up cheap, and then I go on eBay, and I sell it. So, like, a Florida a Florida bucket hat I just had, uh, it's like 25 bucks retail. I sold it for 60 bucks on eBay because it's player-issued, player player-whatever. Player, player whatever. You know, and you can't, you can't actually get it. Right team, and I'm you know I got I got like sick backpacks and like sick polos and all this stuff from all these connections. I'm interested in the Gator stuff always, but uh, how do so how does it work then? They sign the stuff for you. Do you pay them up front or do you pay them after you sell the stuff? So uh, I I was used to paying them up front. I paid a lot of guys up front. Um, my boy Kamar, he uh, so he plays for Florida. He lives kind of in the Atlanta area. So we, I met him, I want to say a couple months ago, I met him um, down by, you know, downtown Atlanta. He, a uh, couple pairs of cleats for me, signed them all. Uh, I paid him there on the spot. You know, now, now today we're, you know, selling his PSA, uh, his PS5 for him. We're making him some money and we're, you know, we're getting stuff done. So that's cool. Yeah. So you, you kind of stopped doing that, you said, though, or it's yeah, just kind of so as it comes? It's kind of like, you know, a lot of the agent, like, agents are taking over. But, you know, if, you know, he asked me if I had, if I know anyone who's going to buy, you know, want some gear, I'd be like, yeah, I know a couple people. And, you know, he sends pictures of the gear to me and I, you know, send them around and, you know, that's how it kind of goes. Yeah. If he's ever selling a helmet, let me know. Uh, I'll, I'll see if he, I'll see what he does. He, uh, a lot of the stuff, a lot of it's uh, cleats and shoes and stuff like that. Yeah, all the free yeah. stuff they get. Yeah, and today, today I think he sent me the uh, PS5, which I'm trying to get that filled for him so we can make him some money. Um, other than that, it's mostly just you know, a lot of it. Um, I don't even know. I because I have some stuff laying around like the backpack. I bought a backpack off some Florida guy who transferred. I mean, the backpack is sick. It's like probably probably a hundred dollar backpack i got for like 30 bucks use it myself but it's pretty dope especially when you're branded with jordan i think that's probably one of the cooler things about it i'm interested in the backpack for sure the backpack is not for sale that's oh that's weak that's weak cam and you know i'm a florida guy what about so providence usually has like top tier nba guys that play there usually it's guards do they not have any top guys right now so last year this is this is the crazy part. I had worked out a couple things. I think it was with one Providence guy. And he was he was pretty popular on the team too. And I, you know, I'd asked him about it and the deal just fell flat. And I mean, all my like, you know, a lot I kind of looked into this year and a lot of the guys I picked up are like, you know, Arthur Kaluma, they're saying he's going to be the number one power forward drafted this year. I mean, he's, you know, he's he's built 68. He's a dog. Providence guy. No, he's Creighton. So okay. he, plays, he plays against Providence. Um, 
KJ Adams, I think, is going to be really good. We we hooked it up early before they became national champion winners, Kansas. So that's solid. Yeah. So what? So what's your plan moving forward then? Like, have you done any deals talking to the agents too, or it's just players? Um, so I talked actually a couple. Couple of the guys were pretty cool. Um, Arkansas Arkansas team pretty much had one lawyer, and he was pretty cool. He was a cool guy. Um, I actually got into uh, at one point overtime elite. I was talking to a couple of their guys and a couple of their agents, but it was you know it was too much. I mean, they're not like. Nobody is that noticeable from the league except for the Thompson brothers. Right. So, uh, I think the last autos I've gotten are probably the ones from Davon because I, you know, he, we never actually met until I went to some clothing pop up and he was there and he had them for me. So that's probably the last autos I've done as of late. And I think, you know, next season I'll probably just keep it to in person stuff because I, I have a Kaluma jersey that needs to get signed and a uh, Trey Alexander jersey on Creighton, too. So so what? Have you, you haven't thought about uh, sports, like being an agent or doing any of that stuff? I mean, so I, had, I had thought about it for a little bit, but kind of looking into it, a lot of a lot of it is negotiation. And, you know, you kind of have to pick your players correctly. And by the time, you know, being an agent, you have to you have to have I think you have to have a master's and a bachelor's. And then you have to a lot of more to, lawyers. Yeah, that's that's why I also looked. But you have to pass a test too. So you have to pass um, one of the tests, like a MBA official agent test. You have to mm-hmm. pass. So, hmm. I wonder what the I wonder what the details of that are, or like what that entails as far as what's in the test. But uh, that's crazy. What else? What else is going on in in Gibbs' world or the hobby? Not. Not much. I mean, just a lot of a lot of razzing, a lot of uh, a lot of comedy. That's pretty much it. Comedy? What kind of comedy? Shit, I'm always, dude. You know, I'm always telling jokes. What uh, what'd you think about Jamari Smith falling to Houston? Think that was a mistake by the Magic and the Thunder? Well, I, are are you a Magic fan? I'm a huge Magic fan. Yeah. So personally, I think I well personally, I think Chet Holmgren is probably one of the most overrated players to ever step on the court. Um, that's probably going to be a hot take right there. Um, I just what I see in. But Chet, why though? Yeah, please yeah, tell me why. What I see in Chet Holmgren, I get it. He's tall, but like, first of all, here's here's my problem with Gonzaga. Gonzaga as a whole, they play no one, right? You know, I think they went up against Alabama and they got smacked. But they play, you know, you're playing schools like Pepperdine and Santa Clara, and it's like, like who who the hell does Pepperdine have on the team? Right, they lost to St. Mary's, which is understandable because St. Mary's has some talent. It's like their rival, also. Yeah, but you and you look at it. Chet Holmgren is, you know, I guess he's seven feet tall. Um, but uh, he's like, yeah, yep. But um, <laughs> so he's he's seven feet tall, but it's like you know he's kind of got the moves inside, and I get he's got the handles. He's not like he's not the best shooter, but then you know Paul Bencaro. I I can see why he was drafted at one. He's you know relatively. I I was either thinking him or Jabari Smith, and the only thing that really differentiates kind of my thought was Paulo has that medical problem where he's losing. I, what was it like seven pounds a game? Six pounds a game or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. 
and at the end of the day, like, is it, will that affect him playing? See, I didn't. I, so I didn't read into that article. I didn't know there was a medical issue. I thought they were just. I guess I need to read into that. And I'm they not... they would feed him like a special fluid, and he'd be like, he'd have to sit for a while, and then he'd go back in. Mm. But I mean, I know. Not... I know. I know go Duke, ahead. I think Duke beat Gonzaga too, and Paulo. Yep. Pretty he sure dominated. Paulo, yeah, destroyed. So I, I was against Von Von Caro uh, with the Magic with the number one pick just because I thought he to me he didn't look very explosive. Uh, I thought maybe he was just a big body, like you know everybody's big in college they are, but it was like maybe he was just a little bigger than everybody he's else kinda, in college. Yeah, he's kind of slow. Right. So I, I to me in my mind I, I immediately thought Jill Okafor, right? Like somebody that dominated yeah. in college, yeah, did not dominate in the NBA. And people were killing me for it on Instagram, right? Which is fine. But then, you know, and then I was all on the Jabari Smith train, hardcore. Like, I don't know if you remember in the Tops Chrome uh, group chat we're in. I think it was a uh, ghost was like asking who I thought would be number one. And I was like, oh, I would take Smith all day. And that was like, I think towards the end of the NCAA tournament. But then Smith can shoot it. But then like I, the more video and footage I was watching of him, like his – driving ability and scoring at the rim is weak well um, the way the way i see it a lot so jabari a lot of the people the flaw they point out the most is his handles and i you know i can see that but like he's a power forward he's not going to be dribbling the ball like 24 well, i don't even think he's a power forward he's more of a four i um, yeah i or even I a stretch that, yeah and the, the problem is he's you know he's kind of on the skinnier side also he, yep he has, I want to say, some of the you know best finishing I've seen, you know, coming out of college. If you if you watch certain highlights, he can get to the rim. And I know you're talking about, you know, it might be a little weak. Some of the plays he's had, he's tomahawking it down the whole time. Right. Not to mention, not to mention, he's a solid three shooter too. I mean, you know, especially in the games, a lot of the important games you're watching, Jamari Smith is you know, shooting lights out. And that's, right. that's the problem. With, that's why Auburn lost. They relied too much on Jabari Smith and they, you know, dug themselves deep against Miami and that's how they lost. Right. And, you know, you kind of look at it, you watch the game against Jacksonville state and Jabari Smith killed the guy. He, he dunked, dunked right on him. And so it's like, it's like, you know, either Jabari or Bancaro magic have Mo Bamba. He's big. You kind of need someone who can shoot. Why not draft Jabari? Yeah, it was tough. I, I actually – I was probably the oddity with Magic fans. I actually wanted them to trade down and get the kid that went to Detroit, the guard. The um, Ivy? Yeah, just because we have so many forwards. Like, but you, we, have, we have so many forwards. Like, we didn't need another forward. But um, Ben Caro – so, like, Summer League means nothing, right? So, the top yeah. draft picks should dominate Summer League because – they're still playing against college guys for the most part or guys that haven't made it to the NBA yet. And that's what was so disappointing. Like, I, you know, I'm a Magic fan. So, like, I don't know what R.J. Hampton was doing out there for two games because he did nothing but make himself – I'm like, this guy's going to lose his spot in the rotation. And he only has, like, 10 minutes a game anyways. But uh, but those guys should dominate. So, like, I was looking for little things. So, like, I don't know if you saw the highlight on Bancaro when he had the uh, the block – it was so it was uh they were they were tied with the Kings and then uh the Kings had they drew a play like it was like a alley oop play 
and Bancaro came out of nowhere and blocked it, which I was like, I was happy because I was like, oh, well, he's shown some explosiveness and initiative on defense, which that was like his biggest knock. So we'll see what happens. I just, with the number one pick, I'd rather them take like the Ivy guy or someone, um, take a huge risk because it's like the last thing you want to do is draft a role player for the next 10 years. When I had looked, so I had looked at kind of the, when the magic tweeted about drafting Ben Carroll, a lot of the magic fans were upset. They didn't take Jabari Smith. And uh, looking at it, I see, I see why you wouldn't want to draft Jabari Smith, but at, at the end of the day, he has so much potential raw, you know, he's raw on defense. He's got, you know, tons of potential, and you kind of look at them, and you're like, well, maybe we should draft them. And if the Magic could develop them correctly, he'd be insane. I, You know, I think he's going to be, you know, all-star soon. And it's like, you know, watching him at Auburn, he's shooting lights out half the time. He's got defensive – you know, he's got a huge front on the defense. And I get, you know, you pair him up with Walker Kessler. It's like you got Walker Kessler who's kind of, you know, big and lanky. But then you have Jabari who's blocking stuff and coming out of nowhere. He's dunking on people. And it's like Yeah, it's tough. I think um out of the I think Holgram's gonna play a ton. Um I think Boncaro, even though he's the number one pick, he's gonna have to earn his minutes because the magic if Isaac comes back healthy, Okiki's in the rotation. Uh, yeah, I mean Wagner's in the rotation. Okiki's another Auburn forward. I mean Right, right. Know. And that's so that's and that's the thing, that's what I was saying. It's like Already had like Okiki is supposed to be what Boncaro they're bringing him to do is what yeah. I was hoping Okiki was going to do was going to be that she'd be able to shoot, play defense, and you know, and make plays happen. And he's just been so hot and cold and then hurt. So, so like, he hasn't even had a chance to really prove himself. But I, I think Jabari Smith, though, is going to have him and Holgram are going to have every opportunity to be all stars or be rookie of the year next year. Cause they're going to have unlimited minutes yeah. and, they should, and they should have the green light as well. I mean, so. when you're, when you're looking kind of like, you know, Oklahoma city, I saw with Oklahoma city and Jabari, you have Josh Giddy, SGA and Lou, I mean, Lou Dort and Jabari Smith. That's, you know, pretty, pretty talented future team right there. But then you got the Rockets and you got Jalen green shout out to my boy Ari on that one. Um, and Jabari Smith, I mean, it's you know, pretty big. Don't forget deal. about Michael, Michael Porter Jr. is there. Michael Porter Jr. is on the on the Rockets. The other Michael Porter Jr. Who the hell's the other Michael? There's two. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about? Here, hold on. The kid from uh, USC isn't it Michael Porter Jr.? Maybe I'm screwing up his name. I'm pretty sure. USC. Um, hold on. Let me see. Is it Michael Porter Jr.? Am I saying the wrong name? No, it's it's not Michael Porter. It's Porter something. Kevin Porter Jr. Sorry, Jesus. Kevin Porter Jr. is on the Rockets. I I mean, I don't really know how Kevin Porter Jr. has been doing. I know he had the he had a mental a couple mental breakdowns a while back, but other, other than that, I haven't heard anything. He's balling. I mean, I think he scored 20-something a game last year, and I think that was the problem is the the Rockets have two guys that are high-volume shooters and scorers and Green and Porter. So it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, that with those two there, I guess it's fine, but then you got Smith, so I guess Jabari's going to be the third option. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it'll be good. I think it's going to be a good NBA season. Uh there hasn't been, I mean, God, who knows where KD and Kyrie are going. Someone, 
even Donovan Mitchell, I guess, is on the block. And I heard today that Utah wants eight first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell, and I don't think anyone's given them that. I, I per- honestly, I, I see why. I, I get the Jazz are trying to rebuild, but I don't think anyone's going to pay close to what they want. No it's, way. It's a, kind of the same thing with Soto. A lot of, a lot of people are thinking, um, you know, Nationals are going to get all this stuff, and you kind of look at some of the trades, and it's like they're not really going to get much, much for, for them. I mean, what does Soto have two years on the contract, right? So that's where I saw today where, uh, you know, I'm a Yankees fan, but naturally they yeah. were saying if the Yankees are not going to re-sign Judge, they need to make a move for Soto because at least he has the two years on the contract. He'll get the ginormous extension from the Yankees. And if you're talking about age difference, Soto's, what, 22, right? I've, uh, I Judge is going to be 30, so. I thought Soto was older, to be honest, because I had – someone was talking about it, and they were saying he was getting – he's 23. So someone someone said something about him being 40 by the time the contract is finished. I'm like, right. no chance. But I know I know a couple of people have been saying Aaron Judge isn't going to resign, and he's, he's done with the Yankees. And honestly, I – I don't blame him because you know this isn't even really biased because I'm a Red Sox fan. But a lot of a lot of the moves the Yankees have been doing are a lot of like one season moves. So yep. you got know, Joey Gallo; he's he's pretty shit now. Um, he's I I cannot stand him and Aaron Hicks. I'm not I'm not sure what Connor Fluff is doing out there either. Um, Stan's coming old. Um, I the bullpen's solid, but I mean, who and you got uh, fuck? What's the uh, uh, What's your catcher's name? Trevino. No, 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 no. The other. Oh, guy. Hiragashi or whatever. The guy, the guy who specifically caters to Aaron jo- or uh, mm-hmm. to uh, Jerry. Nicole. Yeah. yeah, it's Hiragashi or whatever his name is. Kyle. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't like what the Yankees are doing, and you know they got so much talent in the prospect line. It's like, are you really going to give all that up for one player, and you're just? I have- think so. I think you give it up for Soto for sure. Like he's a generational. So that's what I was saying. Like it makes sense. Like if. I'm not a huge Aaron Judge guy, right? So Yankees fans can kill me if they want to. But, like, Judge is, like, he's never – this year he's been clutch. Yeah. He has not been clutch. In the years past where we've made the playoffs, like, Stanton was clutch, even though people I'm – a, I'm a Stanton fan. I'm, like, one of the few Yankees fans that are. Yeah. Glaber has been clutch in the playoffs. Even, you know, so it's like Judge has not been clutch in November at all. I mean um, – and he's going to be 30. That's the biggest thing I saw today, which I was surprised that he's going to be 30. I thought he was younger. So if you're going to go after someone, like I'd say go after Soto and, and throw the farm at him. So if they got to give up Volpe and the Martian and whatever else, and then like to me, I'm like, do it, but we'll see what happens. I, I, I The bullpen's been good, but I wish they would beef it up just a little bit more. What I had uh, I had read was like the Yankees are going to give up, you know, they're going to give Volpe, the Martian. I think Peraza too – Yep. And then they had mentioned Nestor Cortez. I'm like, that's like your start. Like, that's going to be your future pitcher right there. And that's 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 the thing. A lot of teams are going to have to give up all this stuff to get Juan Soto. It's like the same same thing I read for the you know the Padres. Shout out to Robert Tabinga over there down in Tampa. Um, they're giving up Gore and like Abrams, Hassel, Wood. And like some other, and I think Mears too, if they want to get Soto. Dude, I, I saw a crazy scenario where they're saying they would actually, that not the Padres didn't say, but that they should consider moving Tatis for Soto um, and then moving like Abrams at shortstop. And then, like, and I was like, there's no way. But 
you just don't know. You know what I mean? That's the thing is yeah. like uh, Soto is, I mean, it's, it's almost weird because, you know, there's always that debate between Tatis, Acuna, Soto, like who's the better younger prospect. And I, I feel like, well, honestly, I, I want to just say it's Acuna flat out, you know, Acuna doesn't do any of the bullshit Tatis is doing. And I mean, he's, you know, he's sticking loyal to Atlanta. So I, I gotta give him props for that one. Um, but I mean, you know, if you want Soto, you got to give up everything for it, and your team has right. to be ready to give up everything for it. So if you're, you know, the Yankees, plus, plus you got to wonder, like, so did Soto? Does he not want to be a National, or was it was four hundred forty million dollars not enough, right? Because that's that's the other concern. Like, so you're gonna have to sign this guy for five hundred million dollars. Yeah, in my in my eyes, I honestly think he doesn't want to be a National. Looking at kind of their prospect line and who's on the team right now. You know, they had their time, and now they're just kind of, you know, they're dying out. The and, other thing that's crazy is, sorry to interrupt you, Soto is actually, you know, he is a World Series champion. Yeah, so it's else. like he, he spent his time there, and now he's he's kind of looking to move out. But then, you know, does it does it factor into where he wants to go? Does it factor in that he wants to play on a team that's up and coming? And so, like I'd say, you know, maybe the Padres – or a different team. I wouldn't say the Yankees, to be honest, because I don't think the Yankees are up and coming. I think, you know, the Yankees are at their top, their top. No, their their times now. Yeah. And so I, does Soto want to be playing with 34 year old Joey Gallo or however old he is? And, I, I don't think Joey Gallo is going to make it out of the trade deadline. Yeah. And, you know, personally. I don't think they want to, I don't think Soto wants to be stuck with them. And, you know, some people are saying Seattle where he teams up with Julio Rodriguez in the outfield they're giving up, you know, Kirby, Kalenic, fucking Marte, and, you know, three other dudes for Soto. And everyone – all all these fans are all biased, and they're all like, oh, my team's going to get Soto for, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, does your team really want Soto? Do you really want to pay that much? I think – I like, so I, I I would be okay with it as a Yankee fan. I, I think they should go after him. I don't think they will get Soto at all. Um and we'll see what happens with Judge, I guess. So, I mean, pro- props to the Yankees for going after him. Red Sox are not doing anything, so it's like you know you're kind of sitting there and watching. You don't it. think the Red Sox are going to even pick up the phone and? Dude, the Red Sox have. I'm not even sure if you watch any games of the Red Sox, but they they got more problems than than trying to go after Soto. The the bullpen. I mean, I could probably pitch a better curveball than half those bozos out in the bullpen. <laughs> you're letting up like. Dudes you've never probably even seen before who are, you know, were meant to stay in AAA are coming up and pitching a bullpen for the Red Sox. They're getting destroyed by Aaron Judge. Joey Gallo might even get a hit off of one of them for the first time in his life. He did last series. He got a couple, which yeah. was yeah, surprising. Which, which I was like, like, I mean, it's just classic Red Sox. We have, we have a year, like last year, we had a year. Now this year we suck. We're going to be, you know, it's a recession. We're going to get a good draft pick, and then in a couple of years, we're going to have some nasty team where we're, you know, hitting bombs left and right, and it's like, you know. So do you do you uh, pick up Red Sox prospects too? Like, you did you pick up Marcelo Mayer um, at all? Or so I was, I'm, I was actually considering buying a blue Marcelo Mayer at the show. The only problem I have with Marcelo Mayer cards, especially kind of the, uh, I've from what I've heard there's a surface problem with the majority of them. So your your card probably won't 10. It's going to have some surface problems, so it's probably 8 or 9. 
But I think, you know, Marcel Meyer is a stud. Same with Tristan Casas. He's, you know, he's coming up this year probably. So but, is that a raw, a raw blue you're going to buy? Yeah. So What's that going for? Um, seller had it at 5, uh, 1.5, but last comp was like one, maybe a little lower. So I'd probably be able to win all down on it. But it's like, you know, you look at it and it's like, you know, the Red Sox really have a couple name name prospects, you know, um, Meyer, Casas, that fellow guy from was hyped on, and then he got smoked on his debut. Right. And, the, you know, I don't, I don't really know if I know any of the other ones off the top of my head. All right. Well, I mean, we've been going for a little over an hour. Yeah. Is, there, is there anything else you want to cover or talk about? Uh, oh, you know what? I do. I just want to mention, um, should have mentioned this at the very beginning. Have you read on, uh, read up on the slab exchange at all? Uh, I, I have, I, I know that's a, a new, uh, new business coming about. What are your thoughts? I, I actually think it's pretty convenient. Um, I didn't read into it that much other than, you know, a couple of the basis, the basis about it, but I'm, you know, I think it's going to be a, probably a sick thing to see unfold and maybe it'll overtake whatnot. And so well, it's a different, it's a different yeah, market. Yeah. You know well, I mean? I'm just, I'm talking about user maybe and hopefully not attract the, uh, the, uh, auction and fill, you know, users of it. So I, I think it's going to be good. Um, you know, a couple of our mutual friends are involved in the yeah. app and getting it going. Um, you know, slab exchange, they're not, they just launched their website. The app's not ready yet. It will be soon, but basically the basis of it is if you and I didn't know each other and trust each other, um, yeah. and, we're, and we're dealing with a high end or mid end card, um, or even lower end stuff. And like, Hey, let's trade. So like, my, like me right now, if I don't know you, or we've never done a deal. Um, yep. and you hit me up on Instagram and you're like, Hey, do you want to trade this? I'd be like, sure, we can trade. But since we've never done a deal, like I will not ship until you ship and I receive first because I don't know you. It is what it is. And you could say the same thing for me. So if you're not yeah. comfortable with it, I don't care. I just, I won't do it. Um, I know who I am and my, like, my like my integrity is good you know what i mean i have no um i'm not trying to scam anybody about uh, scam anyone out of like little dudes on car don, don is don is a respectful dealer He's so fine. like uh so but like this way what happens is we both ship to slab exchange they authenticate make sure the cards are good to go there's no issues and then they turn around and ship it to so us kind of, kind of a, a middleman service in a right way. yep 100 percent. so you That's, pay you pay a fee, of course, but uh, and I think the shipping is built into that fee. Yeah, but it makes sense. Um, I think it, it's also insured, so it's like a great thing for the hobby. Um, yeah, I think that's. I actually think that's sick. Um, you know, I'm gonna start buying more and kind of, you know, I I don't really buy from many people unless it's like the people I actually trust, like you know, in our group chats, or you know, just people I kind of know of. But right. I think definitely slab exchange is gonna be a pretty sick thing. Yeah, if I've never done a deal with anyone too, I'm always like, uh, "Goods, send goods. I'm sending goods. I will pay the fee." <laughs> so, but yeah, man, I'm I'm glad you're on. Uh, yeah, this was fun. I don't know what happened to Jack. Jack was talking about coming on for weeks. Do you know Jack personally, or just through? Uh, no, I, to be honest, I always kind of thought um, I met. So I met Jack a couple like three years ago off Instagram. He kind of like. He DM'd me and he was like, can you raz some stuff for me? I'm like, sure. And the dude really didn't have a profile or anything. And I was like, 
I'm like probably going to get fleeced on this. And so uh, shout out to Jack because he at first he was kind of a pain because he wouldn't ship stuff and then he'd finally ship it. And it turns out he was a cool kid. I was like, all right, whatever. But he had, he had a sick collection back then. He had a sick collection now. So it's definitely interesting. JV Cards has insane. Yep. He has insane stuff, especially for someone that's uh, maybe I don't even know if he's 20 or not yet. Um, I think he's in college, too. But his stuff is insane. I think he's a couple years younger than me because when we were is talking, he? yeah, he, he mentioned he was uh, a little bit younger than me. Hmm. That's interesting. I thought he was at least 20. Um, no, no, I think he's a little younger. But yeah, you know, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I thought sure. it was a good, uh, good conversation. I thought, um, yeah, this was fun. You, you can always come back on again, Cam, whenever you want. Perfect. Um, I got a bunch of slabs I'll be sending your way here in the next week or so. Even better. Yeah, so just let me know. But I appreciate it, and uh, I'll let you know when I, I publish this. It'll probably be tomorrow. I probably won't edit anything tonight, to be honest. But uh, thanks for coming on, and and the, you know the welcome back show. So I appreciate for sure. it. Sure, thank you. Appreciate thanks, it, guys. Take care. Take care. Later. Thanks for listening to the Break and Wax podcast. Please, if you enjoyed it, share it, um, send the link out, put it on your story. I welcome all feedback and comments. Send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking about, what you want to talk about. And if you want to be a guest on the show, I answer all my DMs. I think it's weird when people don't. That's another story for another day. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate the support and all the love. Peace.